Uncanny Podcast. I am your host, Susie Meister, and my friend Sarah Rice has abandoned me. I'm, I am going rogue, people. She's out in Puerto Rico, soaking up the sun, drinking wine next to the pool with her husband. I'm seeing on Snapchat. You can follow her. I am, I am Sarah Rice on Snapchat. I am Susie Meister on Snapchat. Anyway. Point being, you might think, we can't stand listening to Susie all by herself for 45 minutes. Well, you're in luck. We have a soothing, foreign-born co-host today. Welcome to the show, my beloved husband, Adam Butler. Thank you very much (laughs) for having me, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Don't try to be extra sophisticated. Extra British. (laughs) Extra British. Don't do it. And listeners, don't be hypnotized by his sweet sounding accent. I'm sick of it. I have a whole bit in my routine about how when we go out, especially to restaurants. Yeah. It's like I don't even exist. The server, I'll place an order. No. You'll start talking and then they're like, oh my God, where are you from? (laughs) And then I'm like, hello. Even even I'm I, I'm got, I've got to the point now that we we just go in. And I keep my head down because it is a serious issue. <laughs> it's a real distraction. It is, and I know you hate it. And Mama needs her French fries. So I mean, I don't like to be ignored. I that's the thing. Like women usually get all the attention yeah. in relationships when you go out. The woman's the pretty one and the, the fashionable one and. The guy is just supposed to be like an accessory, uh, just somebody to drive me around. Absolutely. But you become the focal point. Well, what, what are you supposed to do when, when, when you're a foreigner, especially from England, living in America and everyone comes to you and, and automatically, for some reason, I have no <laughs> idea. They think I'm 10 times smarter than I really am. <laughs> And they automatically think that you are, you know, you're learned in like William Shakespeare is a second language to you. <laughs> and it's just, language. it's just not true. No, but it is a thing for sure. It's a fetish and it's nice because you deserve attention and love and, and, um, well, thank you all of that. But it, it does get a little old. Well, <laughs> I, I, I understand, Sus. I get it. It's. I'm sure you're sick of it. Well, I appreciate you filling in today for Sarah because, I mean, that broad... Listen, now that she's not here, I am free to talk about her finally. That's great. We can do that. You know what? Let's just shit talk Sarah the whole time. The whole time. (laughs) An hour and a half special. (laughs) And hearing of grievances. I mean, that chick leads some life. I mean, you and I haven't taken a vacation ever... We've never even gone on a honeymoon. Totally true. And Sarah, in the time that I've we've been doing this show, we started in September. Yep. She leaves for what six weeks to go on some shit storm challenge situation in <laughs> Mexico, and then I have to pick up the pieces and like try to pretend like running her Twitter account, whatever. Then now yep. she's like two days ago. By the way, by the way, Seuss. You know how we have 15, like, web series, podcasts, live stuff for Rivals 3 going on? Well, I can't do any of that because I'm going to Puerto Rico because I was married for one year. Big deal. Oh, my giddy aunt. (laughs) What what is she doing right now? Have you looked at her Snapchat? That's what I was saying. She's sitting by the pool 
at the W Hotel in Puerto Rico. Well, we should we should run a bath. We should. <laughs> Candles. Uh, you know, put put a poster up on the wall of somewhere nice and uh, oh my nice gosh, beach or I something. Should. That's about as close as we would get. I should do like crappy versions of what she's doing. Yeah, you should do it. I'll just get like a box of wine. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Good <laughs> good box of wine. You're so smart. Not, by the way, because you're British. We're not uh, we're not drinking today. No. Listen. Last night we filmed Back to Reality with my guest host Mark Long. And it was our son's fourth birthday, so we went to this pirate adventure. It was like medieval times, but pirate. Fantastic. And I'll tell you what, I drank too much. <laughs> well, I wasn't a lot. I had three three drinks all from what time did that yeah. start? Two? Yeah. Two, <laughs> Between two, in the two and went to bed at like 11. Yeah. I only had three drinks, but... Mm-hmm. You suggested it was the quality at the pirate event. Well, it was not good. Those pirates, they make a mean brew. That's that's what I'm saying. And, <laughs> was and like drinking was moonshine. Drinking was, was, was encouraged within the songs and uh they were well aware of drink, the, the drink, drinking culture drink. of Los Angeles. <laughs> and seemed. our son was getting into it. Four years old. He, he was. Held high elbows on the yeah, on he, the old stein or whatever he was, they call it. He was uh nudging me with his elbow saying, he goes, Hey, pick up your glass he goes, and stop chugging. Yeah. They said, drink, do it, Dad. So I'm not having any booze today because I got a migraine this morning, and I think it was because of that cheap moonshine at the pirate event. But it was it was good, though. It was so fun. I, we are so going back. I'm for sure. Next week. And then I'm going to pay the birthday extra, even though it's not my birthday, to get up on stage and be sworn in as an honorary, honorary pirate, because that Wait, was amazing. Do you speak pirate, too? Do I speak? Oh, yes. I do speak Paris, laddie. <laughs> Why no? I, mine turns into like Irish. I know. Yeah, it's, I, I do. It's like a Yorkshire accent. Okay. <laughs> it's a North, Northern English accent, I guess. We know, I was noticing, we were talking recently about how people always think you're Australian. They do, they do in England too. I don't know why. But has this been since you moved here or your whole life? I, I remember when I was about 21 years old, I lived on Dalrymple Road in Bristol. And uh, yeah, <laughs> oh, I, some kid smashed that window and I came outside and he, he, he said, where are you from? Australia. Because I, I, you know. I was addressing the matter of the fact that he smashed my window. He, <laughs> and he asked you where he, you're from. Exactly. He just he ignored he ignored me and then asked where I was from. He, That's he thought weird. I was Australian. But no, a lot of people think what that I'm Australian. That? But uh, I do a pretty good Australian <laughs> accent. So, good. so yeah, from Sydney. That's really good. Thanks very much. Pretty good. Uh, pretty proud of my accents. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Whenever this is, look, we we do have content today. We're talking about behind the scenes reality shows because my husband's on per, the crew. He's a sound supervisor on Dance Moms, as many of you know. So we're going to talk about the secrets from the crew side, but we'll get to that in a second. Let's talk about how you have this character that you play 
whenever I call you on the phone <laughs> and you do, and I'll be like, Hey, Ed, and you go, hello, hello. Sorry, hello. Is is that is that Susie? Is that Susie? Is Susie? Hello. This Haven't a, spoken to you in a long time. This is the crap I have to deal with, people. And you wonder why I drink. Okay, I, I did that for years. I not re- drinking the the the, <laughs> the, the voices. Um, Adam. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get people up to speed and and keep it brief here. Don't go on and on like normal. What? How did you get into reality television? I okay, really brief. I got into reality TV because when when you when I was in college, everyone wanted to do camera. I played the guitar and did post production on a couple of people's short movies. Started liking it and then moved from the office. Uh, you know, sound mixing and and recording instruments uh, to field production, which was much more fun. You got out of the office and it was, uh, that's how I I really just fell into it. Yeah. And so tell me, can we list off some of the shows that you've done? You've done Amazing Race. I've done, yeah. Contender. I lived in, I lived in Asia for five years. So I did Amazing Race Asia. I did Amazing Race Israel. I did uh, Contender. Uh, and in the U.S., I've done the oh world, my gosh, world's you've done most Iron Chef, yeah, Hell's Kitchen, Next Iron Chef, World's Deadliest Places. I was in like, oh, yeah. Krakatoa. I was on the volcano and just a, a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah, nonsense. But which I don't do anymore. You have because of that some really cool stories about behind the scenes that I was totally into finding out on my own. Yeah. And so I know people will be interested. My favorite tale. Well, first of all, most of you know, Adam and I met, um, in Thailand Mm -hmm. filming the ruins for MTV. He was a, uh, audio mixer who worked the night shift and, Four till four or four till four in the afternoon till five in the morning. Can you imagine people? I mean, I was in bed almost your entire shift. Yeah. But. It's so true. Maybe that's why it worked out. Because, like, you didn't see me yeah. doing anything naughty or weird. Yeah. The, be- the best the, the best thing I remember about that is that I, I'd turn up at work about 3.30. And then I'd go and get my rig. And then we'd walk into the house. And then um, by the time I started, Susie was getting ready for bed. And then she would leave, she would leave her microphone. Like she had this like like self-made tent where she would drape down the the sheets from the the, the bunk bed above. And then she'd leave her mic like wrapped up nicely in the corner, which other cast members of course did not. Like I remember when Katie Cooley uh, fell asleep drunk and I don't know, it's like her leg was just over here and she was like in this almost like a knot. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) <laughs> the guy that I was working with, I was like, well, how do you address this as a sound guy? Like, well, what do we do? He was like, oh, just throw them around. Just lift them up. No. And, yeah, we were we were just uh, encouraged so, wait, to. Like, just to be clear, if a cast member passed out or fell asleep with their mic on, you were instructed to just. Just get in there. Get like it done. Like as if Weekend at Bernie style, just dealing with a dead corpse. Absolutely. Or that's redundant. Yeah. Corpse. Yeah. And then leave them in the recovery position just in case. <laughs> oh, just in case. Oh, <laughs> I had no idea because yeah, I was well behaved. I took good care of your equipment, didn't I, Eddie? Oh, you absolutely did. <laughs> You're making me blush. Uh, no, but he was so cute, you guys. I mean, he still is, but I mean, I was just like, who is this sweet little muffin? Oh, sweet little muffin. And TM Crumpets. 
Yeah. I didn't know his name for a long time, and I referred to it as Operation Tea and Crumpets once I found out he was British. Yeah. And I am so glad you um, agreed to smooch me when you did, which was after production ended. It was. Do you do you do you do you know what your uh, wireless channel was? No, what? Number seven. Oh, I, I can't even like. What would be and then you end up with that? Nothing. I have oh, no idea. Seven. I'm just. I mean, seven. It's, it's uh, yeah. Every time that's you nice would, of you to remember that, honey. Yeah, every time you'd walk around, and I, I would you because how wireless works. You know, you can hear people wherever they are. You don't know where they are because you can only hear the audio. But um, I would tune in number seven. And just listen to it and see what Susie was talking about. But you didn't like me then. Oh, that's not true. (laughs) I loved you the moment I saw you. (laughs) I wish. You just didn't know. My favorite behind-the-scenes Adam tale involves um, Amazing Race. Okay. Because I love that show. I'm not, I don't watch it all the time, but it's so so well made and you can kind of turn it on whenever and get into it. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out the logistics of how this show was produced because Uh even though like I've done road rules and stuff, it was never a race Mm -hmm. or anything. So I couldn't figure out how are they producing this? Yeah. It's, it's chaos. Some, Okay, here are some fun facts. If you guys like that show, so many people do. The teams are each assigned a sound guy and a camera guy. Mm -hmm. And obviously, at the beginning, how many teams? 15 or something, 10 teams, whatever. And to keep it fair, because the, the... God, there's so much to say. I know. It would take hours. The cast can't progress faster than their crew. They are required to maintain the pace of whoever is the slowest. If Uh the slowest person is your sound guy, you can't pass him up. Yeah. So not all crews are created equal. So some of the camera guys and stuff are large and out of shape or, or, Whatever they they would be the yeah they they would be the base camp cameraman you know that yeah. final shot when they get to yeah, like, wherever the they're ending up the finish line the camera guys or the injured camera guys would right. be those cameras yes and so to keep it fair they would rotate the crew to a different team each race each yeah. portion of the race yeah. So I never knew that. That's totally interesting. Which, which also throws up huge problems because if you're the team that comes in first with the best and fastest couple, then you go out with the last people. So, you know, the, the timing wise, you're supposed to have a break, but because the way it's structured. So you're last, you're like the first crew in with the first place team, then get stuck with the last guys who leave last. So they're there the longest, yeah. whereas whoever was in with the, the slowest crew uh, cast then totally. has to leave first, so they get the shortest break in between shooting. Yeah. See, I see. I don't remember these things because I was running on <laughs> absolutely. You were nothing. exhausted, right? Oh, I, we honestly, we have over a five-week, six-week period. You have twelve-hour breaks, like. You have you half sleep. days off and stuff, but I was running on two hours sleep uh, a night. And, and this when is, you say running, it's literally running. Yeah, but and then so a sound. The cameraman's carrying his camera and his backpack. 
the sound guy's carrying all his gear and his backpack and some of the camera guy's batteries. Um, so you, when they cast the show, they get fit people and, and whomever to do it. But then you think about that poor sap that's running after them or in front of them that's filming them. Like, right. Think about the guy that had to climb the mountain in the middle of China first to film the guys running up. That's That's us. So would you recommend people do this show contestant or crew contestant um yeah I, th- I think that i love the amazing race it's really really fun it's a crazy crazy show to be a part of both on cast and crew but sure i, mean, I guess it, mostly you would sleep on planes right if you especially if you're doing like the bigger yeah. races yeah i mean we did we did a lot of drinking and sleeping on plants mm-hmm. that that is you would you know, you you uh, you go by the military rule of whenever you can sleep, you sleep. Whenever you can eat, you eat. Mm. I had three t-shirts, three pairs of pants, and three pairs of socks in my bag. And when you get so, to, you have to carry a backpack too. Yeah, so we run with our backpack and our gear. That sounds um, awful. But yeah, it was three, three, three of each. So you'd be wearing one, you'd be washing one, and you'd be drying one. So when you got to a hotel, I used to get in the shower with my clothes on. This is bananas. Exactly. You're right. I mean, and this was in the middle of Vietnam in like this village that no one ever been to before. We'd jump in the shower. You would get out the shower. You'd wring your T-shirt dry and then put it on top of the lamp, like next to the bed, so it would dry quicker. Because in six hours' time, you'd be putting that back on. When your team comes and knocks on your door and says, get up, we're leaving now. Mm-hmm. because they obviously would want to leave quickly. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right. So do you have any like times? You don't have to name when they were because you could, you can't. But do you have anything that you remember over the years where like you thought that was unethical or unfair or someone's getting ripped off on the cast? Absolutely. <gasps> I mean, I think that's what television's all about. We, we, me sitting in front of you, it's like cast member, marry sound guy. There's, there's this, it's like, we haven't even talked about it in our marriage. I've never asked you that before. You know? And yes, I think it happens every day. I'm, I'm very much aware of how cast members are produced. What and about though in gameplay? Maybe not like story I get because they're producing us to create a story. Mm-hmm. But like, what about gameplay? You mean like, like a call on a game, like a result? Yeah, of a where game? you think they did it on purpose just to make better story, even though it's not real. Off, off the top of my head, I would, 
I would say there's nothing's big enough for me to say, oh, yeah, I remember this one particular time. But yeah. there's, there's been a lot of instances where things weren't thought out yeah. well enough. And I'm sure you've come across this yeah. on a challenge many times. Yes. And then they kind of have to cover their butt. You have to. But they, we they sneak all know. off. They need 10 minutes, 15 minutes, turns into an hour. And yeah. it's just like they come back and say, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Because they didn't think it through or test it enough. Yeah. Um, I, finally, there's, there's a couple of challenges with involving ice and people staying in ice too long and it really not being thought of. Cause when you add money and, um, if you watch the, uh, back to reality with, uh, Mark, Long. with Mark Long, he'll, he'll, he'll talk about this as well. But I was on another show and it was, you know, these buckets full of ice and it was basically who could stay in there long enough. But when you involve hundreds of thousands of dollars, it gets to a point where, you know, you really, yeah. your limbs are going to well, fall I, off. I remember this isn't a reality show, but it's a similar concept. I was working in radio. I was a promotions director. Yeah. And we learned at that time about a radio station that had a competition. It was called Hold Your Wee for a Wee. So you what? hold, you held your pee and, and whoever held their pee the longest won a, a wee game. Okay. But that's ridiculous. She died. Oh my! Because God. she held it so long. I mean, if you hold your pee long enough, you die because you talk, it goes in back into your body. And so, who's held responsible they for that? They were, of course, sued. And I mean, they did, like that's... you said, they didn't think it through because you don't account for how desperate someone could be for a wee. Exactly. You think they're not going to die for a wee? Well, yes, they will. And likewise, so the cast of the challenge or whatever show might need that money more than you could ever imagine mm -hmm. and will do things that you can't account for when you're producing it. And, you know, when the, the, the people that are cast for the challenge are go get them people. <laughs> I mean, they're crazy they're anyway. Stable. Right. Yeah. And so if you take your average PA, which is a production assistant who usually tests these games out before they get shown on TV yes. to see if they work, to see if they fail. They don't have the same mentality. Exactly. They're just going to sit there and paid like a hundred bucks a day. Well, I think it's funny because there was a challenge we did in, um, gosh, South Africa on Inferno three, where it was like trampolines and we were jumping off of like big yeah. structures mm -hmm. and then down to the trampoline and then back up onto another structure. And you yeah. had to get your whole team up and the structures got smaller and smaller and you had to fit more people on them and stuff. Yeah. Well, during the testing of it, um, one of our PAs broke her leg. Oh my God. But we did it anyway. Why did they oh, test yeah. it? <laughs> like, uh, yep, that's, it's unsafe. Carry that, on. That's the best thing. Right. Is that like, okay, let's, let's just put a couple of PAs. We can probably afford about three of them. Right. So if one breaks a leg and two do it fine, oh, well then it's perfectly Why okay. Why test it though? Then you're going to do change. it anyway. I guess they changed something about it. I don't know for us, but so that was what happened that there. That is Crazy. I, I've, well, I don't know whether I should mention this, but you should. I was in an experience once when I was working in Thailand when there was a reality shoot where someone actually died because their backpack had something heavy was planted in their backpack because they were the fastest and strongest team. Can you believe this, people, what and, you're hearing? And this guy, you drowned. can Google it. And that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Because, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, it was serious because a lot of people contacted me to get, you know, I wasn't on the show. Let do me you know who did it? Up. I have no idea. 
But rumor has it it was someone on the you know production sure. you know, the crew. Well, yeah, because you know, you're trying to make a story. Yeah, so and they that's wanted probably, to was probably just bad judgment mm-hmm. and someone who thought we need a good story and got desperate too. Yeah, it was it's a, like the same way that the cast can get desperate. The crew can get desperate if they think the show's boring mm-hmm. or whatever. And they think, how are we going to make this into a hit? Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, just that is would segue us into the, the, the conversation about what is the job of a producer and then how much can a cast member put up with Mm-hmm. And it's this teeter-totter of how I need to push my cast mm-hmm. as close to that edge as I can, but without pushing them over it. And if I do push a couple of them, I need to be able to wrangle them back in so that we can finish that show. And that is really the world of producing. Well, and to television. me, it's the difference between a good producer and a bad producer mm-hmm. because any cast member with half a brain knows when they're being manipulated and being produced, but you can do it if you do it right. Like if you're good at it, you can show the cast member why Mm -hmm. this is better or their experience is going to be better or they can have more fun or they can win more money, whatever it is. You can show them the benefits to being a certain way and you can get what you want out of them. And then there's others who I've talked about on this show, there's one in particular, this guy, who w- when I was doing Viewer's Revenge, he was mad. He was the showrunner. He didn't like the way we were going to vote someone off because we were going to take turns rather than vote for each other, which there's no drama if you take turns. Yeah. And he couldn't figure out how to get us to change our minds, so he just called us lame and <laughs> stormed off and slammed the door. And it's like, if he had came to me privately and been like, I'll give you a hundred dollars to vote. Yeah. I would be like, okay, you can make it happen. And not that that would have been ethical, but it would have got him the, what he wanted. Yeah. You well, that, that's a great example of someone with, uh, impeccable, uh, communication skills to shout lame at a group right. of He's people. Like, I think that's super lame. It's lame. Yeah, that's, well, yeah, I'm whatever. trying to win a car. I'm not real, really, exactly. your goal is to make a well, good show. I'm trying to win money in a car. We have to understand also that you are, 10 times smarter than most people. Oh, Definitely daddy. me. Oh, that's not true. I honestly, everybody, I have never, ever even come close. I'm trying to think right now of an argument I've ever won. <laughs> and well, this is in my bit if I was a stand up comedian. This would be me just, I, I've never won an true. argument. Matt, our friend Matt, always brings up how that one time. You were mad. <laughs> that you one, were mad. Okay, one. Oh, that one time you were mad at me, and I play French horn, and you told me to move my tuba, and it was like that was the meanest thing you could say is call my elegant, beautiful French horn a tuba, and I, he he says you won that one. Yep. So there you go. You can nailed it. Put a feather oh, in your hat there. Thank you so much. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. So do you have, during your career, a favorite Thing you've ever filmed? 
So after I met Susie, I did uh, a show for History Channel, and it's it was called How the, How the Earth Was Made. So we spent uh, a long time in the Grand Canyon, Death Valley, and that was really really interesting because. Mm-hmm. You do everything from, you know, we went down the rapids twice, yeah, uh, top to bottom, and we slept out under the stars with the snakes, um, and it was just amazing. Hmm. It really, really was. I don't know was. how you loved that, because that was the same shoot you were in Death Valley, mm-hmm. and it was, what was the temperature? 120 plus. I mean, insane. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know how... You even got through that, let alone it being your favorite. It was it was crazy. We would we would get up in the morning at silly o'clock, about you know five o'clock, and our whole day, twelve hour days, we drive somewhere, and then we go to like Devil's Golf Course, which was um, an old uh, sea lake bed that had these awesome structures of salt, and we would do like extreme close ups of them, and then we'd film a geologist talking about them and then we drive somewhere else and do the same and then we try and set up this jib like to get these pretty shots of these things and you know it was it was really amazing but exhausting because mm-hmm. we would run out of water and and it was just i mean it was so i've been in a lot of dangerous situations yeah that's for sure well one of the funniest things that you've done is um Destination Truth, which oh, people yes. really love. Love it. I, I totally forgot about that. That was with Josh Gates and Aaron Ryder. They hosted it, but they hired you to do sound. Yeah. But the show is constructed that you're like searching for ghosts and paranormal and stuff. And so yeah. they need the audio person to be on camera and to say like, I heard this or that or whatever. Yes. And so you were on camera and on the crew. Yep. Which was crazy, but that really was challenging because I'm kind of I'm kind of anal when it comes to getting uh, my, yes, my work job. done, mm-hmm. and I I really found it hard to kind of just not think about the the recording and just let myself go and like focus on the mission. What do you think is the difference generally between crew and cast? Ooh. Well, that's hard. I mean, my immediate reference is you. Yeah, but that's but, not representative. I mean, no, just more generally. You, um, like people that prefer to be on air versus people that like to produce. Personally speaking, I just I don't have the confidence on camera. And I don't have that pizzazz. I can't, like, fire things off quickly. I'm like a calm He's, You're of, not a performer. Yeah. Yeah. I, I struggle under the pressure. <laughs> I leave the performance up to you. Yeah. I mean... I I remember when we were going through um, customs in Trinidad and Tobago, um, the customs person had been checking in all the cast, and mm-hmm. then he asked me if I was on the crew. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I took it as a, a, an insult, like yeah. as if I didn't look like I could be on camera. Oh, wow. But now I'm like, maybe it was a compliment because I don't seem like an insane person. Yeah. You well, I mean, mean, I guess... Depending on the show, you can point the, you can separate the two. Yeah. You know, you can say, okay, well, that's definitely a cast member. Yeah. And that's, that's what a crew I mean. member. Yeah, I, I get it. I think that the, the loud, powerful, uh, vibrant characters, 90% of the time are the, the talent. And then the, the quieter, more reserved people are the crew. But I always think, like we've talked about this before, that a lot of the crew members really do think that they could fill the shoes of a, of a cast member. 
I, and I they don't know if they think that. they could, but I think they want to. That, that's so true. So many of the crew members from the challenge, I see them like on social media and I'm like, yeah. they are trying to mimic the behavior of the cast members. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe that's why they ended up working on the show in the first place. I don't know. Um, do you have like a worst experience? The thing that I hate doing that as a sound guy is interview days. Basically, you shoot a ton, all the adventure stuff. It's great, amazing. And then when you're done, when you're exhausted, you have like 12 hours or 15 hours of interviews to do. So it's basically 15 hours just sat in a chair uh, trying to keep awake, uh, listen to the people reiterate what they've done for that whole time. So you're listening to what... Like if you're watching a show, it's when they're talking directly to camera. Yeah, basically. So um, that, those are tough. Do you have a reality show that you like to watch the most? Ooh. <laughs> I, I don't know whether I should say it. You should. It's The Bachelor. Oh my gosh, we love The Bachelor. It's so good. It's so fun. I mean, I, I, I also know all the people that work on there. Do you? Um, yeah, a lot of them. The mm. sound guys and the camera guys. Mm. Uh, so I really, I should get on there. I Bachelor know, in Paradise. I think for? they start filming in a couple of, I, I don't know. Oh my God, but, that um, would be a dream come true. Right? But I, I just, I don't, I don't know why. It's just easy watching and I love watching relationships, how they intertwine and what people <laughs> say behind each other's backs and different people, how they react to different emotional situations. And that, to me, is intriguing. And then the best thing, I think, is ha watching a man having to openly say something to a woman, like, you know, when it gets down to the last three people, you have to basically say, especially this one that just went right past with Ben saying, you know, I love you, but bye. Yeah. I mean, what that that's... What a ridiculous situation. But mm -hmm. I love... I guess I love seeing people cringe in that situation because I would never put myself in that same position. Yeah, right. What do you think about it? Man, it's such good. Sh it's good. I don't care that it's produced. I don't care that it's cast to mm -hmm. be very, like, ridiculous. All of that doesn't matter to me. Would you say that that's your favorite reality show? It's up there. I love Intervention more. That's probably my all-time so favorite. Because um, I do prefer, like when I can learn something, I always yeah. feel like I learn something about life from intervention. That, well, I feel like I learn a lot <laughs> from life about the bachelor. I really do find it interesting oh. how, how the conversations go, how the development of the relationship goes. And of course you betting on who's going to uh, go, go home. The lucky lady. How come you've never worked on another challenge? Um, I don't know. I think I don't think I've been invited back to <laughs> because you broke the I rules. Ended up breaking some rules. I don't think that's why. No. I, I mean, you were considered a local because you lived in Thailand. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe yeah. that's why you didn't end up becoming like a recurring crew member. But yeah. I'm so glad because don't you think that the whole way they do things is like not your cup of tea? I agree. I, I think that. Um, you know, being hired as a local is tough, uh, you know, the rates and everything. And it's, you know, when you're in a foreign country, I mean, why, do you, why think, do you think though? they film in foreign countries? Because yeah, right. they can get... Yeah, it's affordable. It's bloody cheap, right? What did you think when you were filming it, though? Because you had never watched it, had you? I, I absolutely had watched your Australia road You watch. claim that you have. 
I definitely did. I but remember, that wasn't a challenge. I remember as a, a wee lad getting up in the morning, <laughs> spitting my. I might add a TV in my toy cupboard. You'd open the door, just scooch down oh, the end of the boy, bed. Boy, you're acting like you're so much younger than me. Give no, me a break. Oh, no, I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right all next to your I'm, nursery. All I'm saying is that I loved you for a long time. I love you too. But did you ever watch the actual challenge? No. Okay, so when you were filming it, what did you think? I did you think it was maybe stupid? that's why I was so quiet because I was just stunned and shocked at the sheer just craziness and and of course I was on the night shift so yeah. I came in just about the time where everyone was shit faced. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have, or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I remember after Brad had his meltdown. Yes. Because if you didn't see it, you should look it up. Let's talk about that. That's talk about it. Well, obviously, I mean, it was about four in the morning, something like that. That was probably the the latest, latest shoot that we ever did. The, everyone was on set for that. They woke up all like a lot of the high ranking crew members up had to come in for that. And you um, mean when he had his meltdown? Yeah, he when had he had his in. meltdown and and uh, and got he was running around the house, destroyed. totally wasted, blackout drunk with a and knife. He, and was coming to us. Yeah. He, he was approaching me and uh, the camera guy was called Graham. Um, he was like running after us trying to, you know, just, he was, we wanted to just destroy anything in his path. And of course we have to film it all. So you're towing the, like, what, what do you do? You, you, do you run in the room? Cause you're being told on walkie, you know, someone's talking in your ear saying, get in the room, film this, film this. But, you know, if you walk in the room, you're likely to get a, a fist in your face. Yeah. But uh, he, he was crazy. Have you and, ever seen anyone more drunk? Uh, I have not. I don't think so. And and like I would say, you know, drunk, pure rage. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, I know he, he played catch up that night. So he pretty much downed a bottle of wine, if not more than that. And that's oh, what. Oh, he had a bottle of Jack and then, a, then started oh, drinking Gideon. wine. I, mean, that's I, I just watched crazy. him holding the jack up like straight from the bottle, and it was just like. Oh, well, he didn't seem that bad then. He was doing pretty well for a down a bottle of well, jack. Daniel. Yeah, he didn't pass out, but it was like he was another person. Oh, absolutely. Anyway, I've never seen anything like it since or before, and I remember the next day when I woke up, I looked in the garbage can by the kitchen, and you had left a note for <laughs> the morning sound person and said, sorry, we got blood on the mics. Yeah. And I was like, what, how did that, how did blood get on the mic? Yeah. Um, I don't, he I was don't... in the fight with, uh, Durrell. Durrell. Yeah. I mean, and it just Kenny got Evan, everywhere the blood. Kenny, Evan were there. Yes, pretty much. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was just, honestly, there was blood everywhere and, uh, it was just crazy. I mean, when it when it went down, the funniest thing, you know, as a sound guy and a camera guy, when this stuff, especially on these kind of shows, it can happen any time. You know, you can go for, from pretty peace ball to bang. You know, I remember there was a fight between Veronica and uh, Tanya 
And, um, that went from zero to a hundred in two seconds. Mm-hmm. And I just remember, you know, you, you're trying to, you're trying to mix, you're trying to do your job, but really you can't do anything. It happens so damn quickly. Mm-hmm. And, um, you just Wait, gotta, let me ask you this. When something like that happens, then yeah. what does the crew talk about privately? Is you it know, like you know what? funny? It's, it's or? kind of, it's kind of funny that you say that because after a certain amount of time, I think you become numb to it. You, we are living in this craziness as well as you are. I mean, do you become numb to it as a cast member? Um, you become like, uh, you feel like you're watching it um, in a movie rather than like, this yeah. is real people getting hurt. Yeah. You know, it feels like, because we have so little entertainment. I notice when there's fights start, people gravitate towards it. Totally. In real life, you would try to get away from it. Mm-hmm. But we go towards it because it's something to watch. Absolutely. And so I guess numb in the way, but it's more yeah. like into it. It's, it's an interesting thought to, to, you know, when you, when you're in that environment for so long, you get so used to it. And we, cause we, we film over 10, 12 weeks. When I do dance bombs, we film for 26 weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. So I'm listening to eight people in my headphones for, Eight hours a day. You become desensitized. Shouting and screaming. I, I, I mean, I need bloody therapy. <laughs> right? It drives me you insane. You so well adjusted, though. Like, you are you never yell. I internalize things. So <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're just pushing it down. Yeah. Oh, great. We're due for a big, like, uh, fight then because you are just so calm all the time and don't seem... We, we would never fight. Bothered by I know I wouldn't because you're just so delightful. I don't raise my voice. You don't. I don't see the point. No. But there was one funny thing, actually, when the, the houses in Thailand, there was like a, a crew house on the right and then the challenge house was on the left. And it was like exactly the same houses. So we would walk across out of our kitchen, across a walkway. Oh, my God. I remember all about that. And there was like a paved area where I found a huge scorpion once. Um and then you guys, that's where there'd be like this rape room where you guys would have, uh, well, we called it that Adam's not using that term. Like on his own, we referred to it as that. Cause it truly looked like something out of a horror movie. I think it's normally like the maid's quarters or something, but it's just like this weird room with a twin bed in it with like a dirty mattress on it. And yeah. it looked like something out of the movie taken. It was awful. It was, it was just, I mean, the worst little pokey room imaginable was where you would sit each every time we walked across this walkway there'd be a cast member probably in there on the phone to a relative or a loved one and then we'd walk in the first thing we would do is walk into the kitchen and then one one of the days i walked in and like peered through the window first and uh tanya was in there and she was basically had a bottle of vodka like she was just chugging a bottle of vodka. I didn't even know what time that was. So, I mean, well, I must have started about four in the afternoon. Yeah. She was doing the dishes whilst chugging bottles of vodka. Do you remember the alleged incident with the Tanya and Evan and stuff? Yeah. I think it was just stupid stuff. And then uh, that's it. Yeah. Um, it was just another night, basically. Every night was like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is, this is, and, and then this is another example of craziness you're getting numb to it yeah and the next night was crazier than the one before and it just spirals out of control and until you know it's just just where where do you go from there 
where and this is again it's like the de-evolution of television producers are trying to get that high but you know heroin addicts you know you need more and more and more heroin to get that same high and that's the same is with tv you put how well i mean how did how did what was your you were on in 98 yeah and and it was so nice you, it was like no one really drank Mm-mm. and it was a story and it was really wholesome mm-hmm. and interesting and you got to meet and know the in and outs of these characters and now i get given a sheet of people's faces 26 people have microphones on they all get wasted and do the craziest of stupidest things and we film it okay i have a question you worked on Biggest Loser. I did. And that's been getting a lot of attention in the news because of like, you know, is what they do ethical? Is it effective? Things like that. Mm-hmm. What was it like just from your point of view in terms of watching people losing weight and doing those extreme exercise? Good question. I, I, I actually really enjoyed that. Um, I worked on, I supervised uh, the, the Biggest Loser Asia so we were all, we were all, which over, is funny. Cause like, I don't know any overweight Asian people, but it's just like all sumo wrestlers. That's it. <laughs> For real though. Um, Not no, really. it wasn't. Okay. No, it was like different from different countries around Asia. And, um, there were a couple of but really big people. It was weird people. to me that they were, they filmed in English. Yeah, totally. What was up with that? I, I guess I, it's I, like, you know what? I didn't even realize you're like, <laughs> you're so right. I'm like, hold on a minute. Yeah, no. Yeah, they did. Um, we filmed that in Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And um no Can you speak Thai real quick something? Okay, go ahead. Um <laughs> Basically I I actually agreed I mean I this, the people we got semi close with the with the cast members um I would be around them watching them eat, watching them train and um I was you know, I, I I enjoyed watching them all learn about how to eat better and what to eat and when, and and I think that they actually did really well. Well, and you kept in touch with a lot of them, like through Facebook, and mm-hmm. they are still thin, right? Yeah, so I mean, maybe actually, it's an American problem. One of the one of the cast members on that show uh, ended up married marrying a sound guy and having uh, having a kid, and um, yeah, she's still. Uh, really exercises all the time and, and they're super happy. And so maybe the, the study that was done on the American biggest loser people and yeah. the problem with their metabolism, that could be more of like an American problem and how the foods that we eat and the crap that's mm-hmm. in it are messing up our metabolisms and leptin levels and things like that. Yeah. Like it could be a combination of problems is what I'm saying. Absolutely. I mean, I would love to see that study done on, you know, in More broadly. In, in, yeah, in yeah. different countries with different uh, scenarios, different people. Um, well, I think it's really cool what you do and the work that you do. I've always been interested in crew members, as you know, like as friends and romantically, because I find you guys to be so interesting and so like hardworking. And man, they crew members work their butts off. And the hours are so long and we're the ones that are always complaining. (laughs) You guys seem fine. Yeah. So anyway, I think it's cool. And I think people really like to know what you do. All right. So that wraps it up. If you guys have any questions for Adam, you can be sure. Do you want them to follow you on Instagram and stuff? Oh, wow. 
Um, I mean, sure. Why not? Adam Butler Pictures is on Instagram. Yeah. And you guys can ask him questions if you have any behind the scenes questions you want to know. Sure. He's very sweet, as you can tell. He takes beautiful photographs, so you'll enjoy those too. I try. And um, yeah, so follow us on Brain Candy Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have so much fun content coming. We're doing lots of little segments in addition to Back to Reality and the live stuff. We're doing little segments with cast members and stuff. Yeah. It's the Brain Candy Podcast YouTube channel. Thank you guys so much for listening. Adam, thanks for being a guest on our show. Thank you very much. (laughs) I love you. I love you too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.